0: Let's talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson with NRM Streamcast. And we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we do it. You can always contact the show with your comments, your questions, or anything nice you have to say at Let's talk Torah at gmail.com. That's Let's Apostrophes at gmail.com and we will answer as many questions as we can. You know, the holiday season is now behind us. We're now back in school finally. The chill It's so good to be back in school and the kids are learning and doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's still hard because, you know, we're taking temperatures every day and and one boy gets a fever and the, you know, the siblings have to go home or or um, in my daughter's class, a girl came down with uh, with Corona. So the whole class had to be quarantined for a week. Uh, but, you know, we're all doing the best we can. That's that's what we got to do. We're, we're stuck with a situation. We have to make the best of really, for a lot of people, a very hard situation. It's hard, but uh, we'll pull through. We're going to pull through some people better than others. So I thought today I wanted to, to maybe focus a little different, almost working backwards. So it's brought down that each of the forefathers, that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, each had something special that they served God with, through, however you want to look at it. Abraham is kindness. Isaac is, uh, is what's either called strength or, or, or prayer or... Or judgment There's different ways of translating some of those words. And Jacob is the man of truth. He also represents Torah. But we're going to focus because this week's Torah portion is Lech Lecha. It's the beginning of the 10 tests for Abraham. And I wanted to focus on what's called the kindness of Abraham. Sometimes we don't... Uh, I mean, I'll start with a story. I like stories. So uh, many years ago, I learned with a doctor, I, this doctor I haven't seen in years, um, went through a divorce, and I think he married one of his nurses, I have no idea what happened to him, have not seen him, tried to contact him a few times, did not respond, so nothing I could do. But anyways, um, I was discussing with him many years ago, we were discussing, um, there's actually an interesting um, Mishnah that says, most doctors, um, most doctors are going to hell. So interesting, I just had a similar conversation with another doctor recently. So the doctor says, like, why? I said, well, there's lots of reasons. One is because the doctors think they're God. And uh, and a lot of the decisions they make are based on, on not what God really wants, but what they want for whatever their different calculations. So this doctor telling I no, you know, I have a good heart. I'm a very good doctor. And um, as we're having a conversation, he's talking about this 98-year-old patient of his. This is in downtown Detroit. He was a doctor in downtown Detroit, maybe still is. And there was a question, should we do a certain procedure? Um, uh, It could be a little painful. And part of the discussion was, you know, she's had a good run. She's had a long life. Like, why bother? And that is the point. When a doctor is starting to decide on somebody's life, why bother? That's a terrible thing. Um, I I went to um, pay a shiva call to somebody who happens to be a doctor, and we were talking about his father. His father, I think, also lived into his mid-90s. And there was a point where they felt that he was dying and no reason to keep him alive and no reason to do certain tests, no reason to do certain surgeries. And this son, who's a doctor, fought for his father and made them do the surgeries, and he must have lived another six years. And we were talking recently, he had a great-grandchild that was born, and that great-grandchild with the children was able to visit him, and he was able to hold the child, and, and he was very fluid and very with it, and, uh, and he was so happy. But those, those doctors in Florida that felt, why well, keep him alive, he's had a good run, look what they were going to take away from him. They are going to take away from those opportunities to see those great-grandchildren. So, with that understanding, I want to talk about the kindness of Abraham. When we talk about the kindness of Abraham, we have to understand what is called kindness. Kindness is dictated by what the Torah tells us is kindness. Not every time that I do something that I think is kind am I really being kind. So, I'll tell you two stories. One... There was a story with a, um, a wealthier man. And he had a, a brother who uh, was uh, down in his luck. And the wealthy man was, was making a wedding. And he wanted his brother to come and the family. and He And he brought them in and he got them clothes and he fed them. And he gave them nice beds and linens. And he really treated them nicely. After the wedding, he then goes and gives his brother a... Nice envelope full of cash. And he said, everything I did for you till now, that was because I felt bad for you. Me feeling bad for you, very nice I took care of you. That's not charity. It has to be when I get to the point where I already took care of you. I don't feel bad for you that you don't have clothes. I don't feel bad for you that you didn't have any good food. I don't feel bad for you that uh, you you, who knows what you sleep on. Now that I turned you into a mensch. And I don't feel bad for you, now is my opportunity to give you charity. So this envelope is charity, but everything else till now is for me personally because I felt bad for you. Feeling bad for you is not always charity. And, uh, and that, of course, gets into what, what we have all the time. Right? In other words, if we have a person who's an alcoholic or he's on drugs, giving him money to buy more drugs is not being kind. It's not being kind. Kind means I have to take care of you. I have to set you up. I have to take care of maybe the doctor bills you need. The guy who's on the side of the road collecting some money—I feel bad for the person. Giving him money is not charity. Charity is you take care of the person. So that's that's just to to as a it's like an opening salvo a little bit to get into the kindness of Abraham. So let's let's go through these tests because these tests really one of the facets of these tests is to test. The kindness of Abraham, because Abraham is serving God through kindness. And the purpose of every test is to go ahead and say to the person being tested, in this case, Abraham, um, you think you got it down what God wants and how God wants you to serve him. Well, what if God tells you the way you're serving God is the wrong way? Will you continue serving God the way you were because you've decided that's the proper Way to serve God, because you know better, or are you willing to listen to God? Which sounds strange, but it's not really. But we'll talk about it. So here we go. So the first test of Abraham is God comes to Abraham. Abraham is 70, is ninety is I'm sorry, seventy five years old, and God says, "Pack out of town." He lived in an area probably in Iraq, a place called Haran, Travel. He doesn't even tell him where he's going, and he even has to mention God has to mention to Abraham. He says, I'll make you wealthy, I'll make you famous, I'll give you children. Like, why is that even part of the conversation? So Abraham is already famous. Abraham is already famous. He is teaching the world that there is one God. And uh, you look in the books, there was some religion way back when um, that their whole religion was they believed there's one God. And it would seem it came from Abraham. So he's got his, whole, his a whole school. I don't know if it's a school system. He's got a whole school set up. He and his wife, they teach people to forget all the idols and just believe that there's one God that runs the world. And he's getting good at it. So Abraham has now figured out, I have a way to serve God. and He was kind to people. And uh, he would feed them, and he would clothe them, give them place to sleep, and he would use that as a tool to teach them about the about the oneness of God. That there is one God. There's no idols. Finished. So now God says, Abraham, I know you've been serving me faithfully. You've been serving me faithfully. I want you to pack out of town. So the problem is, especially in those days, um, traveling leads to three problems. Number one, it seems it's much harder to have children when people travel. Abraham wants children. If he has no children, there's no one to continue on everything that he started. Traveling makes it harder to become wealthy. Again, in those days, your wealth was maybe from your cattle, from your livestock, from your sheep, from your fields. Traveling? and didn't have traveling salesmen in those days. How are you going to make money if you're traveling from place to place? You can't set up shop. And thirdly, Um, it's very hard to be well-known when you travel because you you don't have the time to build relationships where people find out about you and this one finds out and the next one finds out and people find out what kind of person you are and they come to meet you and you slowly but surely build up uh, your reputation. If you're traveling, there is no reputation. There is no time for anything. So traveling means that everything Avram is trying to accomplish by teaching the world It's going to become impossible. So here's the question. Abraham's saying, you know, I'm such a kind person. I'm so good to people. I take care of people. If I'm going to have to travel, I probably won't have the money. People won't know who I am. I won't be able to do all my kindness. I won't have a child. So my kindness, which is important, won't uh, have any uh, continuity, won't have any continuation. So I lose. And a person could think, eh, God didn't really mean that I should travel because I really know that, uh, that what I'm doing is the best way to serve God. Now, this is like, again, maybe if God talks to you, it's a little bit easier. But for most of us, if we think we have it figured out and somebody comes and tells us that uh, we're making a mistake, I say, what do you know? I know how to serve God. You, you can't tell me how to serve God. I know much better. That was the first test. Okay. Now, Abram gets to Israel. There's immediately a hunger. Immediately. They cannot stay in the land of Israel, so they travel down to Egypt, which has a lot of issues traveling down to Egypt because as soon as Abram gets close to Egypt, the first thing he does is he tells his wife, Sarah, um, you know, these Egyptians are going to see such a pretty lady. If you say you're married to me, right, they're going to kill me and, uh, and they'll, they'll take you. They'll right? take you to Pharaoh's palace. So Abraham is being kind now, or Abraham is starting to worry about himself a little bit. Right, Where's the kindness? But the test is to go down to Egypt. And sure enough, they find Sarah, and they, 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 they all say, yeah, it's my brother, it's my sister, and the Pharaoh takes her. And then what happens? Almost immediately, the Pharaoh tries to marry her, and an angel comes and beats up Pharaoh. And, like, the Pharaoh, when he gives her back, says, like, like, like what are you doing here? Like, you you, you, you got to get out of my country. This is dangerous. He gives him a lot of money. He moves on. Um, right? So, so, again, just to, to just think about it. This doesn't seem to be serving God with kindness at this point. Right? We're, we're taking care of Pharaoh. He gets all beaten up. Uh, but let's take it further. And this is an important one. So, so Abraham leaves Egypt. With a lot of wealth. Cattle, sheep, slaves. And his nephew also came along. Abraham's been taking care of his nephew. He felt responsible for him. His name is Lot. And we'll talk certainly more about him in the next week's story portion. And Lot now comes along for the ride. He's also wealthy. And what happens is that there there is fighting amongst the shepherds. They had a lot of livestock. And there wasn't such a big area to graze. And it is famous. Anybody who has uh, children in kindergarten or preschool, they all come home with the same uh, project. Um, Abraham was famous; his sheep were muzzled because he wanted to make it clear that I do not. I'm not like a regular shepherd. That they they're notorious thieves, and they just graze in anybody's land. Um, my sheep are only going to graze near the near the desert and ownerless land. While Lot, on the other hand, he allowed his shepherds to graze anywhere, like. All good, quote unquote shepherds. So there was fighting amongst the shepherds. So what was the fight? The fight was that everybody knew that Abraham's descendants were going to inherit the land of Israel. Lot shepherds, and obviously they got that information from Lot. Lot shepherds were saying, "Come on, Abraham's already an old man. He's in his seventies. His wife is uh, is ten years younger." But they're not having any kids. So if they're not having any kids, who is going to inherit Abraham? It's going to be Lot. And Abraham was promised he's going to get the land of Israel. So Lot's going to get the land of Israel. We're just taking our portion now. Which, of course, has numerous problems. First of all, they didn't own it yet. Second of all, at the end of the day, um, Abraham will have Isaac, but not for another 25 years. Um, So they're fighting. So Abraham is kind, right? So what does Abraham say? Abraham says, to, look, you know, it's not nice that people should see us fighting. It's profaning God's name. Everybody knows I, I, I talk to God and I, and, I, and I try to teach the world that there's a God. If we keep fighting, people are going to say, these are what godly people do. It doesn't look good for me. So uh, you got to move out of town. But don't worry, Lot. Wherever you go to, I will be there to take care of you, but we, we can't hang out with each other. So now, Now Lot chooses to go to Sodom, and we have more stories about that in a second. That's kind. You're supposed to take care of your nephew. Your nephew's going to need you later. You're going to have to go to war to protect your nephew. So, so your nephew needs you, and so now because there's a little bickering, you decide not to be kind. So, here becomes an example where we say we need to know what kindness means. Kindness is when I'm serving God properly. If I am not serving God properly, it's not kindness. It may look like it's a nice thing to do, but if I if I can't serve God properly, it cannot be considered kind. Everything revolves first, I have to serve God properly. After you decide that I'm serving God properly, now we can decide what's the next appropriate step. And without getting too much on a soapbox, because I don't want to really get into this, but I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law about it and, and saying how people are acting and, and uh, Jews have to act better. I said, I said, everybody has to have the same rules. After we have the same rules, then you can tell me that if I'm acting properly or not. But if it's clear that everybody does not have the same rules, you can't say that, that because you're not acting better, so now you're profaning God's name. It's not true. First, we have to have the right rules and regulations in place that everybody is required to follow the same rules. If we're all following the same rules, no problem. But if we're not following the same rules and you're putting different rules on me, perhaps because I'm Jewish, you cannot come back and say, well, you're profaning God's name because you're not— Uh, towing the straight and narrow with the special rules that we gave you. Okay, if you understand what I'm talking about, good. If not, um, open up a newspaper or your internet. Okay, next. So now you have the war with the four and five kings. As Lot has moved to the area of Sodom and Gomorrah, pretty rotten place to move to. The fact that he moved there with all these wicked people tells us what kind of person Lot was. Good, when he's by Abraham... He was better, but uh, his true colors now show when a uh, push came to shove where he wanted to live. He moves into the wicked neighborhood. So um, the five kings, that would be Sodom, Gomorrah, and three others, um, Admetsoyim and Tzor, um they stopped paying their taxes. And uh, it take, in those days, it took years to get a war up and going. So like 13 years, they didn't pay taxes. And now there's the next 12 years they are going to be fighting. So now the four kings, one of them was Nimrod, um, he gets his armies together and slowly but surely they start marching towards these five cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's brought down that Nimrod's intention, he really wanted to fight with Abraham. He just has to get there. So he's going to go, he's going to actually conquer the five, these five kings. He will capture Lot and he will hang up Lot in like a uh, a, uh, a basket, like a bird cage. And the message went out: to Abraham, you want your nephew come and get him? Because again, Nimrod decide if Abraham's going to come attack me, I can kill him, no problem. Um, and of course, it did not work out that way? Um, Abraham gets his army together, his army of at best, the verse says, three hundred eighteen people. Some say it wasn't even that big. It was just like the servants in his house. Like, I don't even know what they picked up sticks, stones. Like, they're not an army. And Abraham goes and he makes a war and he wins. So, again, right? At first glance, many people would say, How could you call it being kind when you're going to war? Going to war is the opposite of kind. But again, without getting, you know, too uh, wrapped up in it, at first they have to do what God wants. You can't tell me, well, you're not being kind if you're killing all these people in war. That's irrelevant. First, I have to do what God wants. Abraham understood that God wanted him to protect Lot because he said he was going to take care of Lot. After he takes care of Lot, so go back to being kind. Now, it is interesting what he did next. um, He saves the king of uh, Sodom and Amor. They were in these pits. He saves them. And the king of Sodom says to Abraham, you keep all the money. And let me take all the people. So Abraham said, I don't want your money. You're not going to say that you made me wealthy. However, um, I got a couple guys that were with me. Honor um, Eshkel and Mamre. Those guys, they were involved in the war. You have to let them take what they want. And Abraham allowed the king of Sodom to keep the people. it's hard to be a king without people. So I told my class today, there are those who say Abraham made a mistake. If his whole goal is to teach people about God, you just got yourself, you know, these five cities with who knows how many thousands of people. They're all yours. You can do whatever you want with them, but you certainly have the opportunity, the ability the, um, to, to teach them about God. Right? So maybe your kindness went the wrong way. You thought you were being kind to the king of Sodom. That kindness was misplaced. That was the wrong kindness, and Abraham represents kindness. Um, As my time is flying, I do want to back up a second. So what did we say? We said that Abraham and Lot quarreling um, is not what God wants. God doesn't want to see the quarreling. Better send Lot away, let him go to Sodom, than Abraham should be seen quarreling. So a very interesting story I saw this week. Um, There was a man, and uh, he was in synagogue, and he would he he yelled at his son to stop talking during prayers this father did not want his children to talk during prayer and this father lashed into the kids and he gave it to the Probably not during prayers, but after prayers, he yelled and screamed at that kid and said, under no circumstance are you going to talk during prayers. What is wrong with you? Don't you understand we're, funny. So we're standing in front of God and, and you're talking as if you don't even recognize the king of the world is there. How could you do such a thing? That was the, that's what the father did. The Chazanish was there. This was in Bnei Brak. Uh, again, a good 70, 80, 90 years ago. And, no, not maybe not 90. And he said to the father, you know, your kid's going to learn two lessons. He's going to learn that you can't talk in synagogue. That, that lesson, you got. He gets it. You cannot talk in synagogue. But you know what else he learned? He learned you're allowed to lose your temper. And that's much worse. Because what he'll do in synagogue, he'll grow older, he will talk, he won't talk, he won't see you can do whatever he wants. But he learned from you that you're allowed to lose your temper. right? So that just goes back to our story with, with Abraham and Lot. That The first things first, you have to know what's important. We can't have quarreling. People are going to say, I'm allowed to lose my temper. You are not allowed to lose your temper. Ah, but my kid's going to talk um, during prayers. Lot's going to move to Sodom. Good points. But you have to know that there's a line. right? First, we have to know what God wants. God doesn't want anybody to see me lose my temper. If I'm going to have to lose my temper, then, then we can't be here. You can't be here. Um, we, have, we have more tests. We can't get through all of them. Um, Abraham will marry, will marry Hugger because Sarah says, I'm not having children. Marry Hugger. Maybe that will be a merit for me. So we could call that kindness, even though it's obviously hurting Sarah that he's doing it. Maybe kindness says that, uh, that I, I shouldn't marry her. But then it gets even better. Then Hugger becomes pregnant. She says, Maybe Sarah is not such a special lady. She's been married all these years and she didn't have kids. I'm married right away, I become pregnant. So uh, so it looks like I'm better. So Hugger so Sarah gets gets upset and tells Abraham, How could you do this to me? So Abraham allows Sarah to 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 overwork um Huggard to make her suffer a little bit. Is that kindness? So the answer is yeah. And that's what we've been discussing the whole day. In other words, the answer they give is that it had to be like a like a teacher to a student, and they had, they had to be she had to be treated very strictly. So yeah, again, what's kindness? What's not kindness? We tried to point it out as quickly as we could, but the music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it, short and sweet. And again, thank you to our wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to our production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk to and NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build, every room inside.